welcome to the family bookshelf. My name is Amber from ambitionsforchrist.com and with me is my husband Nick, the game schooling dad. All right, so today I'm going to go with um, something I really, really enjoy reading. I just don't get enough time to read them often. They're Christian biographies. Mm. I really enjoy getting to discover like the history behind famous Christians or in some cases, not so famous Christians. <laughs> because let's be honest, there's a lot of Christians out there that did amazing things for God and no one knows about them. No one's ever read their stories. Yeah. or written their stories either for that matter and so i really just wanted to focus really quick on to start with a christian biography that's probably not as well known and some of it is because it's not as dramatic as the others that i'll talk about after this obviously but it's still just an interesting story it's one of those christian stories that excites me and makes me go oh wow look at what god's doing with different christians um the first one is called the cross and the switchblade by david wilkerson this is actually, it's, this one's also almost more autobiographical versus biographical because David Wilkerson is actually the man that's the center of the story. He, he wrote it. He is the one that wrote it yeah. and it's telling his story. He actually established, he was a small town preacher, I believe in Pennsylvania. You'll have to forgive me. It's been a little while. And he gets a calling from God to go start serving in Harlem, New York in like the 70s during the spike of the drug and sex revolution (laughs) and let's just put it this way he is a very straight laced you know backwoods preacher in the sense of you know he clearly sticks out like a sore thumb you know skinny little white guy walking through harlem and his you know suit and tie and everything about him is like nothing that he should be able to do should prosper in harlem this like nothing Let's be honest. Nothing. I mean, he, he probably should have been murdered the first night he slept there in his car when they stole everything off of his car while he was sleeping <laughs> in it. It's an awesome story because you're sitting there and it's like this. I, I, I resonate with this guy just because I'm so small town myself that I would have been just distrusting and been like, well, of course, I'll just like pull over on some random street here and sleep. Like, what's the problem with that? And then like the next morning you realize what the problem was. Um. I, I read half of this book, yes. and, and I agree with you for that half that I read, because <laughs> I um, was bored with it by the time I finished. And I would agree. I mean, there's parts of this book that are fascinating, and turn I mean page-turning, and you're like, oh, wow. And then he gets his ministry established. I, I, and actually, I, I would t- you, you handed me to read this after you showed me the movie. Yes. And I thought the movie was fantastic. It was yeah. great. The movie is basically the first quarter of this book. <laughs> yeah. And then everything's done. The story's been told. Mm-hmm. And he's got like another hundred pages plus of telling his story that's already finished. And it's like, yeah. where are you going with this, man? Yeah, you it's know? really hard. Because the first part about how he goes, okay, how God uses him to start this ministry. I mean, it is very clear from the very beginning. Like, this guy, nothing he does should succeed. And yet God, like, somehow lets it succeed. I mean, that's the only way I can put it. Like, there's gang wars happening, and he's trying to invite them, and they can't cross turfs. And so he's having to try to figure out busing systems and how to reach these people so that they don't end up murdering each other. Literally, they like lock each other in a building one time while he's preaching. Cause they're about to have like a huge gang war and all these like crazy things. I mean, it is intense. That first part, it's a very sure. freaky read. And then, yeah, he, God does provide it. They get their mission started. Things are going well. He's helping people. And then they just keep talking, and I don't remember the other half of that book. Right. 
Because <laughs> yeah, it just keeps going, and it's like, well, you've already told your story. He does, he does some amazing things, but it's mm-hmm. not nearly as amazing as what Corey Ten Boom did, as what Bonhoeffer did, as right. what Brother Andrew did, as all these other biographies that I, even Christie, which we've talked about on this show, yeah, you know, because I've I've done this episode before. You just don't want to listen to me. I know. <laughs> but uh, he doesn't do anything as as dramatic as these people. He's not obviously going to be martyred for this. Where is the story going? And and honestly, it's his story is. Is good. I mean, not, I'm not going to say it's not good, but his story is only ha- the real story is actually in Nikki Cruz, the person that he really pulls out of the drug mm-hmm. and gang wars right. and saves. I mean, he gets him to realize Christ and find Christ. And I think you have his biography on these shelves, too. Right. Again, so. there's other stories here that come out that are amazing as well. You know, I think what makes it amazing with him and from his point of view is, you know, he is not the person God should have picked in so many ways like he is not the guy that looks like he should fit in this ministry and god says you know kind of uses him in spite of it not because of it you know and so i i guess that's why i really enjoy this and i would still recommend it because it is just one of those interesting christian biographies that i don't know it's a story that needs to be told or needs to be heard in oh, some definitely. way i think anything you do about um, yeah, the, the legacy is from the pine for christian but i would just right. say i would recommend the first half of the book <laughs> <laughs> right and i would definitely say that like it's okay to at the end you know be like oh yeah if this isn't interesting you now and you just don't want to hear the ins and outs and days ins and days outs of literally and, and, his everyday life now of, you know and to it, be fair I, I think the movie did a great job too i'd recommend the movie yeah the movie is really good and it stars pat boone which is in his younger days <laughs> he's pretty cute <laughs> and it was a really good retelling of the story yeah. so i would highly recommend that as well um but i just wanted to put that one out there as just a good story that a lot of people probably don't know about it's kind of it went away and it's almost too bad because it is a really interesting story um so my next one though i'm going to move on to these next two biographies are actually by one of my favorite biography writers i think of all time <laughs> he's only done a few but they're Far and away my favorite biographies. Eric Metaxas has written two different biographies. The first one he wrote is on Bonhoeffer. Mm. First off, Dietrich Bonhoeffer is an amazing man. So writing a, a biography on him is makes it pretty interesting just to begin with. He's also in the time of World War II, during Hitler. He's right in the midst of all of that. Also, a very interesting part of history. So, like, you have a lot of help coming from that. But Eric Metaxas takes his story and just takes it to another level. It also helps this book was probably one of the thickest biographies I've ever held or worked my (laughs) way through. And, yes, I actually did read every page in that book. (laughs) It was tedious at a few points, but it was really good and worth it. I haven't read his Bonhoeffer book, but the other ones I have read by him, to be fair, it's thick and big, but a good chunk of the back is notes. There's a lot of notes. Bibliography. And I will say, I mean, even though it's thick, it's easy reading. It's not like it's some hard, tedious, you know, it's it's still easy reading. He's also, yeah, fun to read. He is. And he brings out, I guess, the humanity side of him. He brings in a lot of story. He does a really good job of bringing the stories from their life alive on the page and just making you care about these people in a whole new way and getting to see him, I guess, in a whole new light, which it sounds bad, but um, a lot of, especially Christian biographies, they tend to turn these people into like saints that do no wrong. And I really like the fact that Eric Metaxas doesn't hide the fact that these people were still human and they had foibles and they were sinful creatures that had struggles. Um, 
I don't remember. I mean, I know he did some with Bonhoeffer. He and he really talks about Bonhoeffer's struggle with, you know, what should he should do with Hitler? You know, this is an evil, evil person. What do I do to respond to this? And how he has to wrestle with that. And there's there was ch- chapters and chapters on his wrestling over this and conversations and letters he wrote and struggles he had with it. And it wasn't. It was just interesting. And, and Bonhoeffer, I think, has had a bit of a I don't know a re. A re- a recoming a renaissance here lately mm-hmm. i think his works have come out a little bit more but i think he's still a mostly forgotten figure of christian history it's sad because i think he is and i it's too bad because he offers a lot through his writings he's not nearly as well known as others and mm-hmm. it, 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 in certain circles in some oh, circles yeah. of course he's very well known very well read but this is a man who yeah stood up to hitler and was martyred for it mm-hmm. uh, and you know it's his story is, is pretty amazing it is uh, even just what little bit i i know of it from what you told me and from what i've seen elsewhere yeah and he's kind of just kind of been forgotten it is it's too bad and it you know he's a he was a soft-spoken german pastor who was wanting to just train up other pastors and unfortunately he just happened to be living you know being a german citizen during world war ii coming against hitler and it's just amazing that you know all that he went through and what's i think the hardest part is you know he died just a few days before Germany was freed and yeah. it's just one of those things where it's like man he could have like been alive you know like Cory Tim Boom you know up into the 80s and 90s like we actually could have like been alive at the same time he could have been if you you know if like why didn't you know God remove him from the situation or something or you know let him live those extra few days and you know it's one of those things where it's like God had his own plan for him and it's still just amazing also what's amazing is the amount of work that this man left behind considering how young he yeah. was if you pick up other stuff just by Bonhoeffer, mm-hmm. you'll be well-read. Yeah. Mean, very brilliant theologian as Very, well. very yeah. much so. So I, I also, I really enjoyed <laughs> learning from him. He had a, he uh, got to travel a lot at one point, and he got to travel, and he talks about, you know, all he learned from going to see, like, different Catholic, and then he actually came and went to um, churches around America and discovered, you know, the whole, like, almost like the Pentecostal movement and all these different things. And it was really cool because when he went back to Germany and he was instituting his, like, private little seminary to train pastors and stuff, he's bringing all these things that he's learned through his travels back to Germany. And I'm like, I can just imagine him because, like, he brought records of, like, the the black church singing from Harlem, New York, like this Baptist church thing singing. He brought them back like, and was showing them to like these. And I'm like, I can just picture these German pastors being like, what are we listening to or something? He just brought all these cool stories and experiences with him. And he kind of helped shake things up in the German church. And it was really cool to hear all of that. So I would highly recommend take your time. It's not a quick, read because it is thick but it's a good read and it's Bonhoeffer by Eric Metaxas and then the final one also by Eric Metaxas is by about Martin Luther Mm. this one was amazing I I, okay I grew up in a congregational background that was connected very strongly to a Lutheran background and so Lutheran in all but name I mean in all but political style yeah (laughs) that was it and um I've known Mar- who Martin Luther was. He's, you know, the, that guy that did the 95 Thesis. You know, that's about all I knew of him. That's all I needed to know. He started something that's level of Protestant Reformation. I checked that off on a history box in a history quiz one time, you know. And that's kind of all I knew about Martin Luther. And this book was one of those ones. You do not realize how pivotal Martin Luther and the Protestant Reformation was 
to everything that impacts us today. <laughs> I mean, pretty much the fact that you have a Bible in your hand and are allowed to read it and not just hear about what, it from someone else. And... What got me about this book the most, I mean, Martin Luther is interesting enough, but <laughs> I, I, I was shocked by the amount of the Catholic Church. Yes. When you, when you compare him to what the Catholic Church was doing at the time and how mm-hmm. his work single-handedly, basically, uh, that's not entirely true. There's a, there's oh, a powder yeah. peg, all this stuff. But his work, the Protestant Reformation, reigned in the Catholic Church to be what it is today, which mm-hmm. is much more um, humble and <laughs> serving entity yeah. than what it was, you know, yeah. in 1500. Right? Oh, my. <laughs> it, yeah. The Catholic Church had some serious issues. Well, like, and I guess here's the other thing. I just never realized growing up in the Lutheran, I, they never talked about the fact that he was a Catholic monk. He did not wish to start the He was not trying to start that when he posted these 95 theses, he was actually just doing this to get a discussion going yeah. with a group of students at the university he was at. You have to understand, like, he had no, no intentions yeah. or and no clue that this was what was going to happen i mean this was not he, and i think the way he describes it in the book um was that he just set the match to the powder keg I yeah mean, it was set up the, the catholic church was so corrupt at this point in time yeah. it was disgusting that and that's what, what shocked me it's like i had no idea half of this stuff was going oh, on oh yeah and it was just like oh my goodness <laughs> shocking and eye-opening the indulgences were the big one that martin mm-hmm. luther basically you could buy your way into heaven or buy someone else's way into heaven right right or if that wasn't good enough you had these political family i mean it was the catholic church is basically game of thrones right yeah (laughs) it was terrifying yeah well uh, i just remember i mean what got me was it was so cool how i mean again god clearly was had his hand in all this and was orchestrating this because most monks never even got to read the bible but Martin Luther had a very special job where his he was supposed to actually read the Bible, and he just happened to be given the book of Romans, which, <laughs> I mean, Martin Luther, that's like one of his favorite books that he does continue to preach on over and over again. I mean, talk about, here's like the most basic, best theology book you can give someone on the Christian theology. It's, yeah. you know, and it changed him. It transformed him, you know, and it's amazing how that, you know, when God's word actually gets into a person's life, it changes them and it changed him. And he realized that. And that's what pretty much sparked him to have these conversations and to step away from the Catholic church. And that led to everything Protestant Reformation that we know of today. I just, this book was amazing. I also do love, this is the one that I would especially say Eric Metaxas as well of showing the good and the bad (laughs) in the people he's writing about. I had no idea Martin Luther was as eccentric as he was. We'll put it that way. He had some crazy going on. And he did a good job of leveling that out of, you know, not making this man just into the full saint that we tend to, you know, probably hear of him as in the Protestant world, especially, you know, of, oh, you know, he was, he did all of this work. And it's like, well, yeah, he did. He, he's another one I would argue is important as a Catholic. Uh, sorry, as a Catholic, as a public school kid, I had never heard of Martin Luther. Right. Uh, he's not someone they teach in school anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want your kid to know any of the history of their faith, if you're not Catholic, I guess, then <laughs> you, you might want to mention him at some point in time. Yeah. I, I it wasn't until I was a sophomore in college where I heard his name. And at that point in time, he was most often confused with the other kids in my class with Martin Luther King Jr. Right. People didn't know the difference. So. <laughs> right. Well, and I'll be honest, even again, coming from the 
the Lutheran-y background that I guess I had, even I was very unaware of him, which is sad because he did do so much to change the Christian church. And he is a huge role in church history, something that Christians do need to know about. So I highly recommend this book. It is not near as big as Bonhoeffer, so it is a much simpler book to get through. I would highly recommend Martin Luther by Eric Metaxas. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. I hope that you can subscribe us and find us on Facebook. And if you ever want to reach out and recommend us some more Christian biographies, because we love the recommendations, just send them our way at ambitionsforchrist.com. Thank you so much. Have a good one.